and welcome to this Clinical Care Options Infectious Disease Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Black. This episode features content from an educational online module entitled RSV in Older Adults, Immunology and Vaccine Development. During this podcast, Dr. Dexter Wiseman, Clinical Research Fellow at the NHLI Imperial College London and HS Doctor at the Royal Brompton Hospital in London, discusses RSV in older adults, including economic burden, the need for a vaccine, and selected investigational vaccines. For more information about Dr. Wiseman and for a link to the full online educational program, including downloadable slides, please visit the link in the show notes to this episode. Now let's get started and hear what Dr. Wiseman has to say about RSV in older adults. Hello and welcome. My name is Dexter Wiseman. I'm an NHS doctor at the Royal Brompton Hospital in London and a clinical research fellow at the NHLI Imperial College London. Thank you very much for taking the time to watch this pre-recorded lecture, which is number three of three. This presentation is going to be regarding RSV immunology and vaccine development. In this talk, we will be discussing why a vaccine is needed, what are the reasons for an RSV vaccine being needed in older adults at this time, the economic burden of RSV, what is the financial and economic impact of RSV, reasons for poor outcomes from RSV in older adults, and I'll go through a brief overview of some of the issues and factors involved, and then vaccine snapshot, where are we now with the RSV vaccines and in what stage of development are they at? I will then look in more detail at the vaccine candidates, where they are in terms of trials and any data available so far. That's the RSV pref the AD26 RSV pref and RSV pref 3 I'll also be presenting a case study during this talk. So let's have a look at a case study for RSV in older adults. Mrs M is an 85-year-old lady and a resident in a nursing home. She has a past medical history of COPD and heart failure. Her current medications include teotropium, salbutamol, ramipril, fruzamide, aspirin and simvastatin. She complains of a four-day history of a cough, which has been non-productive, a slight fever, and she also feels fatigued and short of breath. She is managing to eat dinner and mobilise around the home. She enjoys walking to the day room and spending time there. One of the carers has recently had a mild cold. The nurse is asked to review Mrs M and decides to give it another 24 hours to see how she gets on before calling in the doctor. Why is an RSV vaccine needed in older adults? If you have time, please watch presentations one and two, where we look into the reasons in a lot more detail. RSV is very prevalent throughout the world, as discussed in the previous talks. Older adults who contract RSV can have poor outcomes, including hospitalization, pneumonia and death. This occurs for various reasons, including that those with comorbidities are particularly vulnerable, and these would potentially be the first group of patients to be offered a vaccine. There's misdiagnosis or a lack of diagnosis of RSV in older adults, and this can lead to the overuse and inappropriate use of antibiotics, which can breed resistance, and this is a current and pressing global problem. There's also an economic burden of RSV that needs to be considered. This slide highlights some of the factors involved and reasons why older adults are more susceptible to poorer outcomes with RSV. It also touches on some of the consequences of this. Some of the interconnected factors include frailty, malnutrition, an aging or dysregulated immune system and immune senescence, atypical and delayed presentations, polypharmacy, decreased physiological reserve, and immobility and decreased physical activity. 
These can lead to increased susceptibility to RSV, increased morbidity and mortality, prolonged hospital stays, increased transmission, and increased healthcare costs. What about the economic burden of RSV in older adults? A paper by Prasad in 2020 investigated the health and economic burden of respiratory syncytial virus-associated hospitalizations in adults. This focused on RSV-associated hospitalizations in those over the age of 18 in Auckland, New Zealand, and estimated the cost to be around $3,000 per admission. In the USA, the cost of an RSV-related admission in adults over 65 was estimated to be $12,000 to $23,000. Costs are at least that of an influenza-related admission. In Professor Folsey's seminal paper of 2005, they estimate the economic burden of RSV on the US healthcare system as a whole to be over $1 billion. This does not include primary care costs or loss of earnings. How might the aging immune system and lungs affect RSV disease susceptibility and severity? The physical aging of the lung results in disruption of the epithelial barrier integrity, changes in cellular composition, and disruption in the usual lung microbiome. Immune senescence is a progressive decline in the immune function that happens in older age. And inflammaging is an elevated basal inflammatory state that's often found in older age. These factors together help explain, along with comorbidities which become more common in older age, the severity of RSV amongst older adults. The diagram on the right helps to highlight some of these processes. The production of new T cells entering the periphery declines and memory T cells progress to becoming dysfunctional. Aged dendritic cells produce lower quantities of cytokines, including IL-6, tumor necrosis factor, and interferon alpha, in response to various TLR stimulations. They also have a decreased ability to prime naive CD4 and CD8 T cells. Aging delays migration of dendritic cells into the lung, and there's also a decreased B cell production. RSV-specific antibody responses, including serum-neutralizing antibody titers, also decline with age. Back to Mrs. M. She's now feeling more unwell the next day and unable to mobilize to her own bathroom. The nurse calls the GP. He performs a set of observations and finds her saturations to be 89%, heart rate of 110 beats per minute, a blood pressure of 110 over 50, and a respiratory rate of 25. He's concerned and calls an ambulance. They bring Mrs. M to A&E and admit her. On arrival, a chest x-ray is taken, which shows pneumonia. Basic bloods are sent, and sputum is sent for microscopy, culture, and sensitivities. There are many complex issues needed to be overcome for an adult RSV vaccine to be effective. There's the complexity of pre-existing immunity. Everyone will have been exposed to RSV by the age of three, older adults multiple times in their life, and this creates challenges as there will be some degree of pre-existing immunity present. We also may need to choose a protein target for certain vaccines. Some proteins alter greatly between strains of RSV and therefore they would not be a good choice for a vaccine target. There's also the problem of having to overcome immune senescence and the deterioration seen in the immune system with advancing age. Lastly, but also very importantly, once a vaccine candidate has been shown to be safe and effective, is the decision on who to vaccinate. What are the type of vaccines commonly used? Live attenuated. Live vaccines use an attenuated or weakened form of the virus to induce immunity. This usually has quite a long-lasting effect. Inactivated virus. Inactivated virus vaccines use the killed version of the virus to induce immunity. 
the effect is usually shorter lasting and boosters may be needed. Subunit recombinant polysaccharide and conjugate vaccines use specific pieces of the virus, for example, a specific protein. These usually promote a strong immune response, but only to that specific protein. If the protein were to change between variants, the immune protection may decrease. Vector-based vaccines. These use a modified version of a different virus as a vector to, to deliver protection. Messenger RNA or mRNA vaccines. These make proteins in order to trigger an immune response. This was the method used for some of the COVID-19 vaccines. Toxoid vaccines. These vaccines create immunity to the parts of the pathogen causing disease rather than the pathogen itself. This means the immune response is targeted to the toxin instead of the pathogen. Here we have a snapshot looking at the RSV vaccines currently in development and how far along they are in their trials. Note how many are candidates for older adults. This slide isolates out the vaccine candidates currently in development for older adults. There are two in the preclinical stage, four in phase one, two in phase two, and three in phase three. We will look in more detail at the candidate vaccines currently in phase three. The selection of these vaccines in more detail, we'll start with the RSV pre-F vaccine. This is a recombinant RSV prefusion F subunit vaccine. That means it targets the F protein of the virus. In a phase two challenge trial in adults with 62 participants, there was reported to be an 100% observed efficacy against mild to moderate RSV illness. The phase three Renoir trial is underway. This is a double-blind placebo-controlled study in adults over the age of 60. The planned recruitment number is 30,000, and the primary outcome for this trial will be efficacy, safety, and immunogenicity. The candidate I will have a look at is the recombinant RSV prefusion F subunit antigen with ASO1 adjuvant. This adjuvant promotes a T-cell-mediated immune response. The interim results from a phase 1-2 study which was in healthy adults aged 60 to 80 years, and for which 1,005 participants were recruited. This has been reported to elicit an approximate tenfold increase in RSV antibodies versus baseline. Interestingly, at baseline, cellular immunity, specifically the RSV pre-F specific CD4 T cells, were lower in older adults versus younger adults. But after vaccination, the values reach the same in older adults as that of younger adults. A phase three study in adults aged over 60 years is ongoing. This is split into two parts, one to assess safety, reactogenicity, immunogenicity, and long-term immune response persistence. And they plan to recruit 1,650 participants. And the second is to assess efficacy with a planned 10,000 participants. The third vaccine I will have a look at is the RSV vector vaccine. Adenovirus serotype 26 vector encoding RSV F protein is stabilized in prefusion confirmation. This means that the pre-F protein on the RSV viral surface. The Cyprus trial was a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled phase 2b study in adults over 65 with conditions that predispose to a higher risk of severe disease. 5,800 participants were recruited. There has been a reported efficacy in preventing PCR-confirmed cases of RSV, with 80% in preventing more than three symptoms of lower respiratory tract infection, 
75% efficacy in preventing more than two symptoms of lower respiratory tract infection, and 70% efficacy in preventing equal to or greater than one systemic and equal to or greater than one lower respiratory tract infection symptom. This vaccine candidate is included in the European Medicine Agency's PRIME scheme, and a phase three trial is now underway called Evergreen. Coming back to Mrs M, she's now been transferred to the respiratory ward in a bay of six elderly patients. Over the next seven days, she slowly improves with treatment for heart failure and COPD exacerbation. Blood show a white cell count of 14, CRP of 20, and a slight AKI, or acute kidney injury. This all improves over the next week. Sputum analysis came back, finding no bacteria present. The day before Mrs. M is discharged, the patient opposite her in the bay develops a dry cough, nasal congestion, and fever. No PCR swab was ever sent. Mrs. M goes back to the nursing home, but unfortunately now she's unable to walk to the day room and needs to be taken there by wheelchair. So in summary, an adult vaccine is most likely to come out before an infant or maternal vaccine for RSV. There are three older adult vaccines currently in phase three trials and more on the way. And it's potentially only a couple of years until they will be available on the market. Thank you very much to Dr. Wiseman and thank you to our listeners for joining in. As a reminder to view the full program, click on the link in the show notes for this episode. And please be sure to check back regularly for more episodes on important infectious disease topics. Thank you.